To supplement the outside convenience, most houses had a thunder jug. No! A big jug that could be used at night and emptied into the privy during the day. That jug got plenty of use during the scare. Once again, thunder descends. How is this possible? Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And we are continuing to work through the Wikipedia page for urban legends, which lists all urban legends from numerals all the way to Z. And we are on the Bs right now. I, I suspect that there are things, now we, I mean, part of this is already confirmed. There are things on this list that are not urban legends at all. Definitely. Um, the last time that we did this was episode 274, mm -hmm. where we talked about the back rooms, which itself is sort of like a hot horror indie horror urban legend creepypasta thing. Yeah. But not really. Not an urban legend. Yeah, not strictly speaking an urban legend. And but you know what? We're just going to go with what Wikipedia is serving us. I love the idea that it's almost not our fault. Right? It's out of our hands. It's out of our hands. We we just have to cover whatever Wikipedia has deemed is an urban legend. Right. And that is why I get to talk to you about The Legend of Zelda for a while. <laughs> <laughs> the urban legend of Zelda. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is a, a creepypasta called Ben Drowned. Yeah. That I'm going to talk to you about today. I have been made fun of for enjoying this story. I believe I once on a some podcast somewhere tried to tell this story to Bobby, mm -hmm. maybe you as well, I'm not sure. Okay. It was roundly mocked and ridiculed. <laughs> I'll have to see if it rings a bell. By name, it doesn't. No. Th there is uh, an interesting quality to this story that I'm about to tell you where it's like, it is an urban legend in the sense that this story was posted online by somebody who's like, this is what happened to me. Yeah. Right? And so they're saying that it is a real event that occurred. Um, but it's also got all of this, like, a lot of it is about, is there a ghost in my video game? Oh. And I think a lot of people would immediately dismiss this outright as something that they're not interested in mm -hmm. whatsoever. And that's why I'm here to really almost, like, advocate that I think that this story is fun. I yeah. think it's a fun, spooky story. And video games as the vehicle for it is almost just like, you know, somebody reads a good book and gets haunted by the characters in the book or something uh -huh, like that. Yeah. Um, there is precedent for this type of story. Okay. Now, in order to get to it, though, um, I, I, I need to do a little bit of house cleaning. Sure. First. So I mentioned that um, uh, last time that we covered Urban Legends was episode 274. This is almost a sort of like mini series of shows that we do periodically where we comb through this list. So yes, that's where you can go if you need to hear some of the origins. It's be a recurring feature. Um, and we've skipped over some entries on the list that we have covered in previous episodes. Yes. Such as The Bell Witch. Yep. Which we discussed in episode 75. Mm -hmm. And uh, because Ben Drowned is such a, um, in some circles, such a known story, we're covering it first, though alphabetically. It comes after the topics you're covering. Of course. Which we'll get to later in the episode. Yes. Now, this story orbits a particular game in the Legend of Zelda series called Majora's Mask. Uh-huh. And I think you need to understand something of this game to have any idea what's going on. Okay. All right. This is the second Zelda video game that was made in 3D. Um, it was made in the span of a single year. Mm -hmm. Basically, there's this, this, this game that, like is considered one of the greatest, most perfect games of all time called Ocarina of Time. Yeah. It was the first time Zelda went 3D. 
And they were like, oh my God, people are going nuts for this. We got to make another one. Yeah. And they gave them the self, self the constra- constraint. We have to turn it around in a single year. I mean, that can work. That's, I think it's like called Parkinson's law. I think that's what it's called. It's like uh, any task you give yourself will take the amount of time that you've allotted for it. That sounds right to me. <laughs> oh, it sounds incredibly right to me. You know what I mean? Like it's, you don't can... tell me that my deadline is far in the future because I won't do it until. It's pressing. Absolutely. But if you give yourself like two hours for it, then you're going to get it done. That's what it is. Absolutely. So uh, in this year, to make a full 3D video game, only the second time they ever did it in this series, I I think that it was pretty daunting. So they came up with some very clever solutions. Mm -hmm. This video game is very much taking inspiration from like Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, these kinds of stories where... Um, you know, you've seen, you've seen Dorothy on the farm and she's hung out with those weird old men farm hands. <laughs> but then when she gets sucked into the tornado, she meets people played by the same actors. Right. Weird old men lions. Yeah. A lion, um, a scarecrow and a, a tin woodsman mm-hmm. in the book, the tin man. And they're the same actors. Are they... Is this just those same guys, but now in a new world? Right. Like in this other dimension, this is what their jobs are? Exactly. Yeah. That's what's happening in this game. They took characters, the literal models Mm -hmm. from Ocarina of Time, and they've created this link. The player character falls into a giant hole in the ground, essentially, and wakes up in Clock Town, which is populated by the same faces that he knew. In the real world, but they have different names. In some cases, they have very, like, pointedly opposite personalities to who they were in the real world. And so it gives it this very fairy tale, the world is upside down quality. Yeah. Um, there is also uh, a merging here with stories like Groundhog's Day, where Bill Murray is repeating the same day over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And across that movie, like he dies many times and he essentially learns this lesson of like, if I do things in a particular order, I can make everybody happy. Yeah. I can fall in love with this woman. I can save the old man who will die of exposure out in the cold. Oh my God, I don't remember that at all. Oh yeah. He can do everything if he does it in the right order. In The Legend of Zelda, you have three days that repeat. Mm-hmm. And the big bad thing that's happening is that the moon... In the sky with a a spooky Wizard of Oz face on it. Holy crap, that's the moon? That's the moon behind us on our TV. Yikes. Is about to crash into Clock Town unless Link can repeat that three-day cycle over and over and over again to do things just right to prevent it from happening. So the moon, the reason I reacted like that is that what now I understand to be like, you know, the craters on the face of the moon just look like mottled skin of this thing that has like a human nose Human eyes and teeth, except the eyes are red that get gradually like lighter and more yellow until you get to the pupil, which is small and black. And then the teeth are these like big um, spaces between all of them teeth. And the moon is wearing a grimace. A grimace. Many people have described the expression on the face of the moon. Like it looks villainous, right? <clears throat> it looks like he's baring his teeth at you as he yeah. flies toward you or something. But many people have also said that there's something in its features that looks like it's scared. As well. Like, the moon doesn't want to crash into the earth. It'll be destroyed, too. I can see that, too. And this entire game has this reputation of being morose, Mm -hmm. depressing, dark. It's said to be, like, the darkest Legend of Zelda game. Yeah. Over these three days, every single day, the the characters that live in this world, for one of the first times ever, they have this, like, 
they live a life. Yeah. And they're on day one, they're debating what to do. The moon's going to crash into us. And they're like, we'll get control of it. Like the mayor says. Yeah. By day three, everyone's like sheltered inside. There's a character. It's hinted that there's like almost like um, Clockwork Orange. There's mm-hmm. a milk bar uh-huh. that's for adults only. So is it booze? Yeah. And on day three, an older sister lets her kid sister finally have some milk knowing that she'll sleep oh, when the moon crashes. This is a dark game. Oh. This is also the Do only. Do you like it? Is it good? I have never beaten this game. And oh, that that is worth noting because I am obsessed with this series. Yeah, I'm very surprised to hear that. Why haven't you beaten it? It's too hard or you've just like, I don't know, tell me. It stresses me Yeah, you don't enjoy out. it. The entire time you play, there's a ticking clock at the bottom of the screen. You've only got those well, three I days. Love that. And if you screw up, you can rewind to the first day, but you might lose your progress that you had made. I've never beaten it. That drives me nuts. <coughs> I was recently playing a game that if not for that sort of mechanic, I would have kept playing it, but I decided to stop it. Yeah. Um, maybe if other people like it, I'll mention it. It's called Beacon Pines. Um, it's definitely available through Steam. I don't know if it's on Switch. I think it very well may be. But the idea in that game is that they're like, and it's all like little animals and stuff. They're like not real animals or whatever. It's like weird creatures that are solving a mystery and you're it's writing a story at the same time. That's Basically, like every once in a while, there's a storybook that opens and whatever. And it has kind of a choose your own adventure aspect to it. And if you choose the wrong adventure, then you die essentially. So you have to go back nope. to fix it. Not doing it. And so I stopped. I, I liked everything else about it, but I found that so frustrating that i was like i don't feel like doing this which it's, is such a shame nobody wants to lose like you you feel like you, you're i guess some people enjoy people it, love this nobody. game beacon pines <clears throat> yeah. so i guess a lot of people don't mind that so maybe check that out if it sounds appealing to you it's got like cool graphics and stuff and it's yeah. like kind of creepy but i don't like it so i understand why you didn't like this game really totally and you'd think that i would be obsessed with this it's the darkest yeah, zelda su- game yeah but it's, it's that first. mechanic it's like it makes you like anxious to play this game and it's just annoying. You have to go back. Then you have to go through all the motions mm-hmm. all over totally. again. Yep. Yeah. But there, there have already been like this game is heavily like fan theorized about where it's like it's a game about the stages of grief. Maybe mm-hmm. is Link dead and coming to terms with his own death? And like the you know, it's a video game. It's like the dungeons that you explore and the bosses at the end. Do they somehow embody, you know, acceptance, anger, yeah. all those stages? Who knows? Um, some other important features just to mention. Uh, a lot of this game is about um, is about death, mm-hmm. very directly. Link, a big mechanic of the game is that Link finds masks that he can wear. It's called Majora's Mask. Yeah. The main enemy is called Skull Kid, and he's wearing Majora's Mask. And the mask itself seems to be almost like uh, you can wear, almost like the Jim Carrey mask. Uh-huh. Right? Like, are you wearing the mask or is the mask wearing you yeah, to yeah. some extent? Link can also find these masks and transform into different little characters. And it is heavily... Um, explained uh, if you're paying close enough attention that the masks he wears are all of people who have died. And so when he transforms into somebody, he's almost literally taking the form of that dead person. Wow. During the credits, if you beat the game successfully, at the beginning of the game, you're transformed into like a little tree man. He's called a Deku scrub. Mm -hmm. He's like a little bush thing. And you can find a similar looking creature that has taken root in the ground and looks like a sad haunted tree. Uh-huh. And in the video game, they're like, this looks oddly familiar. Later in the game, you meet a butler of that race. And he's like, you look familiar. You look just like my nephew. And then during the credits, we're like, congratulations, you saved the world. One of the little interstitial shots that plays is the butler in front of that haunted tree crying. Oh 
my God. Because you've essentially, you have taken the form of his dead nephew. Right. Through these masks. Holy and, crap. And Link wears like a, a horrifically pained expression as he transforms. This game is like very warped. Yeah. And so that's the backdrop for the, the story that was written online, uh, which is known overall as Ben Drowned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. It's almost like I wrote The Ring crossed with Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> what is Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle? AKA Prepare to Be Scared. <laughs> Wait, what is Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle? It's that first sequel that they made. Remember we went on uh we went with like everybody on Thanksgiving <laughs> and it's the Jumanji board game turned into a video game and sucks these kids into it and like the popular girl is now Jack Black. In the video game. Oh, 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 I, okay, that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You and I didn't go to see that together. We didn't? <laughs> Ryan and I saw that together and left. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, no. We did not like it. We loved Jumanji 1, Jumanji 2, no, no. The board game? Oh, we saw, we saw the first Jumanji together. You're right. We, yeah, that yeah. Was, wasn't that Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle? It was the first one, so and that's then, what it's called. Like the, the, the Traps Come Alive is Jumanji 3 or something? I don't know. I think there are only Jumanji two Jumanjis. Jumanji 1 is in the 90s with Robin Williams. I know, but I thought they just called this one Jumanji as well. Maybe it doesn't matter. Probably just called it Jumanji again. Yeah. I don't know. More Jumanji. <laughs> Jumanji. I really like Jumanji one. Jumanji, or, colon, know. more Jumanji. Yeah. Whatever the new <clears throat> Jumanji first one was, I very much enjoyed. And yes, we did go see that together yes. with a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. So uh, this story was written in 2010 by Alexander D. Hall under his username, Jaducible. Mm. Um, and, uh, here we go. It evidently, now I'm going to be talking about sort of like the initial story as I was aware of it. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to me, this story has continued at, with posts as recent as 2020. These things really have a life. Like, do Whoa. you remember that we covered something called the sun vanished sure a did. million years ago? Yes. And that was ongoing earlier this year. It may still be like as we speak. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It, it really... I do really love these sort of like stories where they, they happen in increments online just because people want to post them. I do you know? too. I think fun. it's really cool. Um, so here we go. This this mostly came out as a series of five posts uh-huh. initially, right? So post one. This guy, Jaducible, he's a sophomore in college. His friend gives him a Nintendo 64 and he wants to get some games for it. So at a big garage sale day or something, he goes around trying to see if anybody's got them for Fun. sale, right? Mm-hmm. And almost like in a classic scary story sense, he ends up seeing, you know, the spooky house at the end of the block. It's covered in clutter. Nobody's really visiting it. But he walks over where he sees an old man standing at a table uh, and he's got one milky eye. Mm-hmm. So this is like the opening of Gremlins or yeah. something. The dad going into that shop and he buys the Mogwai. Like there's oh, always yeah. got to be. That's like the only part of Gremlins I liked, I think. Really? If I remember correctly. There's always got to be the spooky shop. Yeah. You know? So the old man says, oh, I think I might have some games. And he goes inside the house, eventually emerging with a blank Nintendo 64 cartridge, no logo, no official logo on it. Instead, handwritten across the front is the word Majora. Mm. So it's probably Majora's mask. Uh, Jaducible, now this is from the story itself. I thanked the man, and the man smiled at me and wished me well, saying, goodbye then. At least that's what I think it sounded like. All the way in the car ride home, I had a nagging doubt that the man had said something else. My fears were confirmed when I booted up the game. To my surprise, it worked just fine. And there was one save file simply named Ben. 
Hmm. Goodbye, Goodbye, Ben. Ben. He was saying, goodbye, Ben. I felt bad for the man. Obviously a grandparent, obviously going senile, and I, for some reason or another, reminded him of Mm. his grandson, Ben. Mm. All right. So, Jaduceable starts up the game, and he's surprised to find that even though it's like handwritten and stuff, it plays pretty well. It's a little glitchy here and there. It's okay. Yeah. But occasionally, even though he started a new save file and named his character Link, occasionally characters in the game will refer to him as Ben. Uh Uh-huh. This doesn't make sense to him. He starts to think maybe the cartridge is corrupted. Maybe the save files are somehow over, you know, writing each other. So he goes back to the main menu and he deletes the Ben save. But now when he goes back into his game, characters will be like, it's good to see you. No name at all. There's just nothing written there. No link, not Uh Ben, just a void, which is weird. Other things start to happen too. Now, he starts to explain some crazy in-game glitch that I don't really understand. Yeah. This game is about three repeating days. He's like, I tried the well-known fourth day glitch. Don't know what that is. It doesn't matter. He tried to initiate a glitch to get to some, I guess, like like cheat code type area of the game. And kind of get past, past it. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, instead to find himself dropped back in the game's main world, Clock Town. But there are no characters there at all. Uh, And so he's walking around, and it's just like an empty town, essentially. And here's where this sentence is written, and I can feel people laughing at me. (laughs) Quote, I had never felt so alone in a video game before. (laughs) Look. We got to take it at face value, everybody. You know... I've never felt so alone in a a video game. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. I I suppose if, if some people feel very held... Yes. And welcomed by a video game, then the opposite would be true. But so he feels in the game somehow like he's drawn to keep playing it. Yeah. He doesn't just want to put it down. He Something's compelling him to remain in the game, <laughs> yeah. um, which is where I think it's almost like Jumanji. Like is some sort of... Totally. Is, I understand. Like, like the mask. Is yeah. he playing the game or is the game playing him? Right. Who knows? Um, but he's also starting to feel real world depression mm-hmm. while playing the game. So here's from the story again itself. I don't know why, but I came up with the idea that maybe... Now, video game logic, right? Mm -hmm. If you're trapped in an area, there was a thing in video games called like soft lock, Mm -hmm. where it's like nothing is going to... There are no enemies. There's no way to progress. You're trapped unless you restart the game. Okay. Or if you die. Like in a Mario game... Wait, I don't understand. Why why would that be? So there's a very popular game, Mario Maker, right Mm -hmm. now. People can just upload their own levels. But occasionally you might find a way, if you're playing the game and do something the game creator didn't anticipate, you might find yourself just trapped in a pit. And there's no way to get out. And the only way to get out would be to let the timer run out until you die. I gotcha. Or if there is like an enemy or something, you can just run into the enemy and die so the level will start over. Okay. So I think something similar was going on here. I came up with the idea that maybe if I drowned myself at the laundry there's like a laundry building Mm -hmm. in the pool out back. I could spawn somewhere else and leave as I zoned in and ran towards the pool. That's when it happened. Link, the character grabbed his head and the screen flashed for a brief moment um, of this character in the game called the happy mask salesman. Uh Oh, this is Is he actually happy. No, this is one of the most unnerving characters in the, in, in real life in the game. He's a bizarre man who sells masks and travels around and he's usually smiling Unless you make him upset. And then they didn't put in that, like, his expression changes. It's just, like, hard cut, and he's frowning at you. And he picks up Link and, like, shakes him and stuff. It's very weird. Oh, my weird. God. 
Um, I encountered a client at a salon one time who was like that. Really? She, yeah, she was always like way overly happy, like just really putting it on basically. And but you know, more that's more pleasant than people who are being shitty or whatever. And uh, then this one day she came in late and I was like, oh, so is it okay if we just do some highlights around your face? Because I, I don't have time to do the whole thing. And she was like, what? Yeah. What? And I was like, yeah, just I just don't have time for the whole thing. And she was like, why? And I was like, well, because you're late. And she was like, my point was, let's say, 315. And I was like, it was 245. And then she was like, oh, it was? Oh, oh okay. All right. No, just around the face. That's fine. And I was like. I wonder why you quit. Holy, yeah. Coiled spring people. It's wild. Right? Yeah. And so that that very much is what this character mm -hmm. is like programmed to look like. And in the game itself, he's almost implied to at some point be like a god. It's very weird. Yeah. Um, and he constantly will repeat this thing. Like when he first sees you and you're this little tree guy, he can help you. Mm -hmm. But he goes, you've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? It's like a great spooky phrase, yeah. very imposing. Yeah. So he's And also sees... asking you as if you already know, and it sounds like you don't as a character know that. Yes. So it's but like he is he oh in some way it's implied that he can see all or yeah. something. So his face flashes on the screen along with a scream, a, a, a kid screaming in the background. And uh then uh a lot of the early Zelda stuff is about music, like mm -hmm. playing music, and so a spooky song is playing. Uh it's he... what an ocarina is, right? It's like a Flute? Yeah, it's like a little flute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he turns around, runs out back into the town. And to his horror, there's this statue in the game. And I think I, now I've never gotten to the point of the game where you would do this, but you can play a particular song that summons essentially a doppelganger of yourself. So we'll just put on the screen that we have behind us for visual reference. It looks like, you know, what I understand Zelda to, or Lo Link, excuse yeah. me, Link to look like. So it's, you know, a little creature that has pointy ears and blonde hair wearing a green shirt and a green hood. But then it has this like uncanny valley face. So weird human-esque eyes, eyebrows, nose and mouth with again like kind of gritted teeth yes. like you know that episode of um friends where chandler can't smile and he just keeps going like looks like that grimacing yeah yeah so uh this thing is following him every oh, time God. he looks back it's closer and closer so i'm sorry i'm losing this is just in ben drowned this isn't in the game for real oh this is in the game for real okay wow. you can summon this and uh, i think enemies attack it instead of you yeah like literally you put up a doppelganger of yourself now oh. i'm not sure mm -hmm. but so this thing is suddenly following him and he didn't summon it yeah so to speak not like um, gooey luigi or whatever it's called and luigi yeah Lu luigi's mansion three <laughs> yeah. yeah but so uh he compares it in the story himself to the weeping angels from doctor who which i think a lot of people are familiar with where mm -hmm. like every time you look away it creeps closer yeah. to you but you never see it i move. love that it's so scary mm -hmm. so uh he uh he basically he shuts it down even though he feels like this thing is 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 chasing him and hunting him mm -hmm. uh and eventually he comes face to face with the game's main enemy uh skull kid wearing the the titular majora's mask he says i equipped my bow and fired off a shot at the skull kid and it actually hit him and played an animation of him like reeling back, like he, like he took a hit. I fired again, and on the third arrow, a text box appeared saying, "That won't you do. That won't do you any good." He he. And then Link is lifted up off the ground, uh, turned to be as if he's like lying down on his back in the air, and then Link starts screaming and bursts into flames. Oh God. Um, he says, "I jumped when this happened. I'd never seen this happen to anyone in the game. Skull Kid himself doesn't even have moves." Especially not like that. Yeah. 
Um, he turns off the game, restarts it, only to find that um, his file has been now renamed Your Turn. And a file just below it has been restored, Ben. Fun. Even though we deleted it, it's back. Yeah, yeah, Impossible. yeah. Impossible. That's all post one. Uh-huh. Post two. This one is kind of neat. It comes with a video, which is, I think... You know, we're used to maybe like more modern stories like this where people will have like all these multimedia elements yeah. in their stories. I think that this was pretty unusual for the time. Um, so this guy, he uploaded video to show off like what he was experiencing, mm-hmm. which I think almost like lends credence to what he's talking about. I think that's a great idea. Because I don't know how to, I would not know how to make this. Right. I'll tell you that right away. I would not know how to edit the game character's to, to make it look like the events of the game or the events of the story that he described mm-hmm. actually happen on the cartridge. Right. Um, so you can see, I'm just like putting up some like just footage as it was uploaded, but you can see mm-hmm. like Link screaming as he's transforming into different characters. Yeah. Um, we saw Link burst into flames here. This is all in the video version if you want to check it out, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is he in story in post two, he's essentially describing um, the events of this video is yeah. my understanding. And I have barely flipped through it. How many posts are there? Do you know? Five in this original series. But like I said, evidently beyond a certain point, I stopped being aware of this story yeah. and it is continued. Oh, right, right. But right. I'll describe to you how it almost seems like it morphs into a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so in yeah. story two, he also gets into this fun stuff where he's like, I, I wanted to avoid playing the game but he also couldn't stop thinking about it and so he did something that like really reminded me of the ring he goes back to the old man's house ah fun which is fun yeah so uh as i expected um okay the man next oh he didn't find anybody at the house okay the man next door mowing the grass uh came over and asked if i was looking for someone i told him i was looking to talk to the old man that lived here to which he told me what uh what i already knew the old man is moving i guess he's gonna leave um trying a different avenue i asked if the old man had any family or relatives i could talk to i discovered that this old man had never been married nor did he have children or grandchildren through adoption starting to become worried i asked one final question one that i should have asked from the beginning who was ben The man's expression turned grim, and I learned that four doors down, around eight years ago, uh, there was an accident with a young boy named Ben in the neighborhood. Shortly after, his parents moved, and despite any further attempts to talk to the man uh, to get more information, he wouldn't divulge anything else. Hmm. But just like in post one, the save files on the game changed again. Uh, when he went through all these horrific events, Kristen. Of course. The Ben file is still there, but now the second file is simply named Drowned. Ah. The game is telling him what happened. Ben ah. Drowned. Cool. And is that why in post one, he was like, maybe I could drown myself in the laundry pool in oh, the game? Like, right. Was the game sort of convincing him to do what maybe it had convinced this kid Ben to do right. some previous time? Uh-oh. Um, all right. Post... Three um, is mostly just about him being tormented, Mm -hmm. right? He's following me now, not just in the game. He's in my dreams. I see him all the time behind my back just watching me. So post three is mostly about jaducibles, sort of like mind, state of mind, like getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. 
and people are now like seeing these posts online and being like, well, what's going on and talking about the events of the story and like commenting and asking him questions and giving him advice. And it takes on such like a life of its own, which yeah. is kind of neat. Um, and then post four is, is posted. It's a friend of Jaducibles. Ooh, real quick. What Reddit was this posted on? I'm sure you said, it. I don't, I don't think it was Reddit. I think it was 4chan. Oh, okay. I think it was. I'm not sure. Do you know what? Like board X, which I believe oh. is about the paranormal. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Um, but post- I was just curious whether it was like a creepy pasta. So it's like obviously fake, but people were getting into it or whatever. He, what's fun is he at the start of it, he goes, this is not a creepy pasta, mm-hmm. which is in the tradition of, you know, Texas yeah. Chainsaw being like, this is a true story. Right. You know, um, but so post four comes up and this guy's like, I'm his roommate. Right. I'm not I'm not him. Mm-hmm. I'm his friend. I live with him. Yeah. And uh, here's what he's been going through. He's not looking very good. Um, but I think that he's okay otherwise, and he shares another video. So he's like giving people more material to look at, which is kind of fun, and it sort of flushes yeah. out this world. Now it's not just the main guy. Now it's his roommate who lives with him, and and here's what he's experiencing outside of Jaducible's just you know interior monologue, essentially. Mm-hmm. Post five, though. Jaducible is back. This is the last post for this original arc that I'm going to tell you about. Yeah. All right, and I'll give you a hint of where it goes. That I struggle to understand. Wonderful. Jaducible is back, but reveals that um, he thinks the game is uh, becoming more than just a game, right? In order to share this footage, he had to essentially plug the video game into a capture card, into his computer, Mm -hmm. and he's worried, almost like a computer virus or something, that the, let's call it a demon in the game, has now got it into his computer, and it's watching him and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So he explains that because of the sensitive nature of this and feeling like he's always being watched and that this thing is on all his devices, he's had to almost communicate with people in code. Did you pick up on some of the things in his posts? Oh. Now, I don't know explicitly what those things were, but I do love the idea of like this like look closer mindset. Yeah, yeah. You know? But he does explain this very important thing <laughs> where he, this is sort of how he maybe learned that the the thing in the game had escaped. Mm-hmm. Up until now, it's been... Oh, uh-oh. Yeah, he's been communicating with the game using only, like, in-game text and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? It seems like it's constrained to what the game has at its disposal. Yeah, within the game. But it links him to a website called Cleverbot, where you would be able to chat with essentially an AI, mm-hmm. but it seems like he's chatting with the demon. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no is right. Oh, no. The... Well, in what sense I'm are you saying, oh, no. oh, no? You're happy, oh, no? Yeah. This is where it's like, I I, I like the idea of just being like, a, this game. Yeah, it's probably already, better without whatever this is. Yeah, this game, just, which was already dark. Smaller. Yeah, yeah. It, it's even darker in this iteration. Or, yeah. you know, was there some horrible thing? I know people don't like their, their supernatural mixed with technological. Mm-hmm. But whatever. For this, you got to take that. So, like. I like it. This kid bend I don't down think you told me this before. It doesn't ring a bell. This kid bend down the street. Maybe there was a demonic possession in his house and mm-hmm. he would play this game nonstop. And just like in Wes Craven's new nightmare, an ancient demon enjoyed the characters of this world and started right. to use them and try to embody it yep. and eventually compelled Ben to drown himself, this yeah. child. Uh, who knows? That's, that's how I always took yeah. it. But now we've got this entity speaking to Jaducible through Mm cleverbot.com and he says should i wait until you play the game then what that game majora's mask yes (laughs) how did you know about that 
Because. Because what? I did it. Did what? I played with you. Yeah, this is too far. It's not what you want, right? Yeah, yeah. What the fudge? Were you scared? Who the fudge is this? The demon asks, were you scared? Were you scared? (laughs) Who the fudge is this? Ben. The statue? You're inside my computer now? Yes. How? You connected me. How the hell did I connect you? Cables and cords. Yeah, this isn't great. Yeah, it's not what you want. No. Uh, uh, then uh, it's very long, also, too. Also, I don't know, him talking to the chatbot, clearly that's what the story is because this guy wrote it, but him talking to the chatbot doesn't necessarily um, imply that this demon is inside his computer. I mean, it's no, the it internet. No, implies that he's on the internet. Yeah. yeah I know, it is. It is yeah. Whatever, yeah. What do you want from me? To entertain. <laughs> You're stuck inside there. You can't hurt me. Ha. Question mark. Go play. No, you can't hurt me. Took you longer to type that. So, you're not sure. God. If you're so powerful, why use a ridiculous website like this to chat with me? Less messy. More structured. Fun. Fun? Yes. Tradition. I like it. He finds chatbot AI traditional? I guess. I, I don't I don't know. Hmm. I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, obviously, this goes without saying, but from here on out, this is the end of the story. Uh, do not download any images I may have put up, any files or anything. This fifth day will be my last day. I'm going to burn the cartridge and then come back to destroy my laptop. Again, even though I don't even know you, this is sort of bittersweet for me. This semester, I didn't have any friends, or rather, I stopped paying attention to them. But I suppose that's partially to blame because I'm the genius who picked to live in a single. I suppose someone could have gotten hold of me to save me before I got too immersed in the game. Wait a minute. If he lives in a double? He lives in a single. What? Kristen, post four was put up by his roommate who shared more (gasps) footage. Oh, no! That wasn't his roommate. I don't think it was his roommate, Kristen. I'm starting to think post four. Fun. Was Ben. I'm back, baby. I'm just glad it happened to me and that I could get the warning out so that Ben dies here. Lastly. And that roommate put up more footage, which people might have downloaded. So the virus demon spreads. It will spread. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to open this and open yourselves up to me by hearing my story, despite maybe not believing me. You didn't have to do that, really. You shouldn't have. Your support this entire time has kept me going, and now I'm finally free of this. Thanks again, Jaducible. Is he free of the it? End. No, well, it sounds like Do maybe we... maybe he has provided this entity away onto the internet and to anybody's life who read the story. Oh, so it's away from him because, like, the ring. Yeah, basically. Kind of yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. I said it reminded me of the ring to some extent. Yeah, definitely. But so that's kind of fun. Post four, all of a sudden you go like, oh my God, he lives in a single. I like it overall. Uh, well, it's fun, <laughs> yeah. right? Like I, I think it's fun. It's it's already in a game that is pretty deranged to begin yes. with. It's like the 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 creatures in this world are scary in and of themselves. I can't believe that this doppelganger link that you showed me is a product of the actual game and not from the Ben Drowned thing. Nope, Nintendo made this. It's, you know what I mean? It's terrible. It's it's. But it's, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the entire game is really bizarre and and warped and moody and depressing and 
Yeah, I mean, I kind of love all the images that I'm seeing. And also, it's just in that fun time where it's on the cusp of having like really good technology. Mm -hmm. So it's 3D, but it still doesn't look quite right. Um, and I like it. It's like nostalgic looking Even now. Even that, some of what I've got behind us on the set is actually from a remake on the Nintendo 3DS. Mm -hmm. The original graphics are even like clunkier. Huh. There's a thing in it where he describes like Link's character almost like has his spine broken to the side. Mm -hmm. And so you can see that he has somehow done that in the game to have Link like <sighs> broken at a 90 degree angle and twitching and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know how he did this side of it. Where I mean, I guess I know how he did it. He had some awareness of right. being able to mod the game. But still, yeah, like it's it's not easy is your point. Like it's yeah. not something that just anybody knows how to do. Exactly. Um, and like the, the spooky statue thing will just suddenly warp to your position without you calling for yeah. it essentially, which is bizarre. Um, it's, it is, it is fun, mm -hmm. but it does hinge on this notion of like my, my video game is haunted. Right. Which I can understand most people having zero it's silly. interest in. I, yeah, I get it. And also, yeah, for a lot of people, just as soon as you hear video games, your mind kind of turns off. I think I used to feel that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like this. I think it's cool. I think it's I think it's pretty fun. I think it's pretty mm -hmm. inventive and well done. Yeah. Now I did. I'll I'll leave you with the the fact that this story does seem to have continued. Right. Right. And it seems like it got like almost like out of control from what I can even understand. Uh huh. On Wikipedia, they list out like arcs of the story, and the second arc is called Moon Children, and I guess this all happens on websites. There's this whole thing of like a cult. That oh. maybe worshipped the game or or something, and then in uh, then then here's the third arc, awakening. Um, two years after an unknown societal collapse in 2018, the YouTube channel formerly controlled by Jaducible and Ben is taken over by a, a character named Jadis, who recounts an alternate history to have occurred in the time since the final ascension of the Father. Wow. Who was revealed to have been Kelbris. Now, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, all of a sudden getting... it feels like biblical yes. and like, yeah. uh -huh. I, I don't know. I, maybe it's, maybe it's, it's similarly deep. cool, but it's just like, I don't, at face it's... value, I, I don't recognize it. You yeah. Know? And it's like harder to kind of grasp onto. Like, you understand the concept of, uh, you know, a video game doing weird things. But when we start to introduce... Kelbris and Jadis and this the kind of and the cult. Yeah, this sort of like family yeah. tree now. It gets harder and harder to grasp onto, I would imagine. I like a simple game, maybe haunted by a, a kid down the street or yeah. a demon that is pretending to be the kid that he previously tortured. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice and clean and creepy. Absolutely. Sweet. All right. So before we move on to a beast, yes, let's make sure that everybody knows about patreon.com slash GTTU pod. This is a great, great way to support the show. We so appreciate the hundreds of people who already do over there. And if you decide to join us, you can go check out our different tiers that we have, pick out what works for you, and you can potentially get access to double the guide to the unknown because we have a whole other podcast called the Netherworld Dispatch that comes out every Monday just for our demon tier of Patreon. And then there are other tiers that you can check out, see what works for you, but it's an awesome place and uh, there's really cool stuff out there for people who decide to back us. Thriving. 
thriving. And also, when you join a tier, you get all of the back episodes for that tier. So at minimum, it's still like dozens and dozens oh, of yeah. episodes, if not, you know, hundreds. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're, we're maybe hundreds is an exaggeration. Not hundreds. Hundred yeah. plus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the most recent episode that we did was about the remake of Resident Evil 4, mm-hmm. uh, which just dropped and is already said to have like sold better than any of the recent video games. Oh, really? People are loving it. Uh, Chrissy and I did essentially like a blind play of the demo, which was super fun. I think it, like I've been thinking about it since we played it. It was sweet. And you can literally, it occurred to me, like you can see a moment where we see one of the monsters in the game and it's unlike traditional zombies uh-huh. and you can see our real-time moment of being like oh my god look at that yeah like it's very it's like an authentic youtube thumbnail yeah like a moment yeah moment uh-huh. where we're doing that like whoa yeah. face but it actually happened yeah, yeah i was blown away it was super will yeah. played it and then you know i was watching i mean it was super fun to watch as an observer because there's like a storyline to it and then just like the action was fun to watch. Like I was swept all up in it. So even if you're not a video game player, you might, I don't know, you might just enjoy the Absolutely. whole atmosphere of it and everything. And then Chrissy bought the game for me. Yeah, I did. And so I'm going to play the hell out of it. Hell yeah, you hell are. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, everybody. Patreon.com slash pod. Get into it. Enjoy. Get in the Discord. Get some shows. Yeah. Make a party. Yeah. Make a party. <laughs> All right. So I am going to tell you about the Beast of Bladenborough. Great. And I got my info from a really cool site called NorthCarolinaGhosts.com. Fantastic. So worth popping over there. Uh, particularly if you're from North Carolina, it's probably really fun. But everybody, I would say, take a look. So the town of Bladenborough uh, embraces this story. It reminded me of the town that loves Momo in Missouri that loves Momo. The town that loves Momo. <laughs> the town that loves Momo. As opposed to the town that dreaded sundown. Yeah. Um, because they really embrace it. Like the Momo monster, which we talked about in a previous episode, um, the town that that happened and they have like a Momo festival. There was a restaurant that had a Momo burger. Right, yeah, The yeah, crumbly yeah. The Momo crumbly burger. burger. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. And this town is kind of similar now. Uh, there's a yearly Beast of Bladenborough festival that still happens to this day. And you can go to bur- excuse me, boostthebrough.com slash beast dash fest to read about it. And it sounds very nice. Cool. Uh, I know the site is very fun and 90s esque. even though it is updated to today. If I were to just look at it and not see any dates, I don't mean to shade it because I like this. Of course. But I would have guessed that this site has not been touched since 2001. What was it? What is the It's boost the borough B-O-R-O dot org slash beast dash fest. So I like that they have this written there. I find it sweet um on the site it says we always challenge ourselves to make beast fest better than the previous year our two main goals every event must be in good taste and appropriate for the entire family and it must be safe welcoming and have an all-inclusive atmosphere which is very sweet yeah i love it yeah um so the events that led to you know beast fest and other things Happened in Bladen County, North Carolina, a small community nestled amongst pine forests and swamps in 1953. And oh, it was a ghastly business, William. (laughs) On December 29th, a woman heard her dogs whimpering outside. So she went to investigate and saw a large cat-like creature skulking away. But her dogs were luckily unharmed. 
Unfortunately, that wasn't the case for a different family nearby Mm -hmm. who found their two dogs drained of blood and attacked by something that seemed large based on their injuries. It's like a chupacabra. Yes, very much so. This is going to have a lot of dogs drained of blood, Okay. by the way. So if that's not your thing, strangely, (laughs) uh, maybe dip. That's my thing. Yeah, I love that. Uh, And it turned out that this was just the beginning. Over the next two days, the local police got more and more reports of dogs being attacked. And there was a witness at a local service station who said that they saw something large drag a dog off into the woods. There were descriptions of a creature that was large, quote, and I'm not sure where this quote is from. I have all of the sources in my notes and like uh, the North Carolina ghosts and everything. But they didn't clarify where this quote is from. But Someone said it. Right. Whatever. I'm quoting from this site. Let's just say that was large, quote, like a bear or a panther that was f- three feet long, 20 inches high, with a long tail and the face of a cat. Oh, okay. Kind of hard to wrap your head around, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, people reported hearing screams, quote, like a woman with a knife stuck in her back Oof. coming from the swamp, presumably from the beast. Now, we've talked about this kind of thing a lot on the show when we talk about different cryptids and supposed beast sightings there are a lot of just known animals that sound super scary when they make noise and like common animals like a a A fox a fox an owl Mm -hmm. you know yeah like a fox when it's uh i guess when they're doing it right am i right about that or just howling i don't know yeah i don't know maybe both but um sounds like a woman screaming and Mm -hmm. legit does i mean it's super unsettling and i've i've heard that noise uh, and it's it's horrible. And I can understand how if maybe you don't have I mean, this was what in the 60s, I think it was or something. Yeah. Um, you know, you don't have access to the Internet, obviously, or information as freely. So it might not be common knowledge that foxes make this noise yeah. or whatever it is. Right. So you're just hearing that there are dogs that are being killed and drained of blood. You hear a freaky sound coming from the woods, and I can understand why you would equate those two events. This is the thing that did it. They're two unexplainable things Absolutely. that happen in close proximity time-wise. So why would they not be linked, yep. basically? So then on January January 1st, two more dogs were discovered drained of blood, and the local chief decided that it was time to call in some reinforcements. He got in touch with a team of professional hunters to track and kill the beast. On the hunt, they saw footprints that they said were bigger than a silver dollar. Is this impressive to you? I Same. Wait a minute. They saw tracks that are bigger than a silver dollar. I mean, our dog's footprints are bigger than a silver dollar. My footprints certainly are. Maybe my footprints are probably at least two silver dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. easily. Technically true. Um, right. I don't know. Were silver dollars bigger? I don't know. They, they made them bigger. Yeah, in North Carolina in the 60s. This is like Jaws. Know. Yes. It gets, yeah, it gets even more Jawsy. It's kind of weird. I'll catch them and kill them for five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so, for five silver dollars. Oh. Oh. That could be the five pads of a paw or the five little, you know, yeah, fingerprints. Adorable. That actually sounds My nice. fee is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to mind paying it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then, you know, just a few days from that, on January 5th, the beast advanced on a human. Mm. Mrs. C.E. Kinslaw heard what sounded like whimpering dogs outside. I don't think that they owned dogs, this family. 
and she went out to investigate when a large cat-like creature started rushing at her. Oof. Her husband ran outside and scared it off, but yikes. So then the local paper ran a headline that said, Vampire Cat Charged Woman. Hold on a second. Because the dogs were uh, drained of blood. Now it's got a vampire rep. Vampire cat. Mm-hmm. And it had the, the cat sightings. Are they saying, I guess, I guess, and maybe you don't have an answer to this. Right. Do, are they saying that all that happened to the dogs is their blood was sucked out? Like they weren't eaten? I don't know. Who's to say? They were you attacked. What I'm I mean, I would imagine they must have had some sort of large scratches on them because how did they ascertain that it was a very large animal that attacked them? Right. So I guess I assume that there were maybe giant claw marks or something. And I would asso- associate this with like a prey animal. Like, is it eating mm-hmm. dogs? You know? And yeah. Did the blood... I don't... The, I, they're saying like I this gathered, cat like basically like stuck a straw into the dog and yes. sucked the blood out. From what I gathered, it seems like it was that they attacked the dogs and, and yeah, like drank their blood. Yeah. Okay. So I think their bodies were left behind. True. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So it is weird. I mean, it definitely is weird. Yeah. So based on that headline, Vampire Cat Charged Woman, other newspapers started picking up the story and eventually 600 armed men made their way to this small town determined to nab the beast. Just waiting for something. Just exactly. any excuse. We got to go get it. I, I know what I'll do. Yeah. So dumb. A frat came uh, wanting to mount the head of it on their wall, which oof dude uh-huh and so i was thinking if people are coming from like far and near this probably isn't just pure altruism not like at they all. read about this and they weren't like oh i want to help this small community and so that none of these dogs are hurt like for most of these people even though this article called out this particular frat like most of these hundreds of dudes are coming in for sport and like bragging rights and all that stuff and so all of these 600 men suck yeah i feel very justified in saying braggadocio bravado braggadocio bros it's not interested an excuse to to get violent yeah right so also the other part so they all descend they're armed to the teeth and everything they're like stalking the area this is halloween kills yeah it kind of is but evil dies tonight right but part of the problem is they don't know exactly what they're looking for yeah so there was speculation that maybe it was a par- excuse me, a Carolina bobcat, but those were extinct by that time. So that's another thing that would have added to all these people descending on the town and wanting to find this thing because what a boon to be able to kill this unknown animal. Absolutely. So not only are you a tough guy who's killing something that everybody in the town is afraid of, it's also an unknown quantity. Like what could be cooler basically if you're a complete idiot especially because like i I think we've learned by now that mankind has has crafted weapons that can best most any animal right you get these people that like go to africa and do these professional safaris where they take down like an elephant or something right you know hard like oh wow big shock you were able to kill an elephant with a gun yeah the elephant yeah exactly this animal now nobody wants their dog to die but for all intents and purposes, it seems like this is an animal. Like right. this, this like way overkill of like, gentlemen, grab your guns and come by the hundreds to fight a cat. I know. It's it crazy. is just I mean, bloodthirstiness. Like, wow. I wonder if you, wow, you managed to take down the vampire cat that its body count is mostly dogs. Right. Maybe it's because you have this weapon. You got that, artillery. Like, yeah. You came so down ridiculous. like Rambo. Yeah, and like obviously, 
I mean, same deal. Obviously, I'm not happy about hearing about these dogs that were hurt. Of course. But also, I don't know, could we trap this thing? Yeah. Or something? It See, reminds me of, like, it sounds like it's doing what animals do. Maybe yeah. not the draining of blood part. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. They, there's there's predators and prey in nature. Like, this is maybe how this animal eats or whatever. I don't know. It reminds me of in, um like, all the Jurassic Park movies. Like, Especially in the the kind of later ones with like Chris Pratt and everything, yeah. they frame it like the the um the dinosaurs are these like deliberate villains. I know, yes. To catch, and they're just doing what dinosaurs do. They're just animals. Yeah, and that was what was appealing and interesting about the first you one. You brought that them back. We're just down the food chain now. Yeah, that's what's scary. Right. Um. Yeah. There's there's also something here where like back to Jaws. Right. When you're talking about the guy that's like, it's paws are bigger than a silver dollar mm -hmm. like that guy is the quint of jaws who's yeah. like you know he's doing the measurements of it's like maw to show how big this thing might be and like part of that movie is richard dreyfus getting into a shark cage yeah and going into the water and essentially luring the shark to him as if he's prey mm -hmm. i think <clears throat> and i bet this would work for many situations you hire a furry yeah. Who comes down in a dog suit. Okay. And now they get to live their life crawling around on all fours back there. Yeah. Right? But then that way you're luring in the vampire cat. You better be real close by. You might disagree with my methods, <laughs> but they are effective. Hand me my doggy head. I'm going to act like a little puppy. So stupid. <laughs> Um, so we have a chat going as we record live on youtube.com slash gttupod and Maggie in the chat just pointed out that silver dollars are about a half inch wide. So it's just, it's not that impressive that the prints were a half inch. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, there, I mean, I feel like there must like have been a miscommunication somewhere. I know that's what the article said, but it can't be right that they were To feel impressed by, by it, that. you gotta yeah. be like, it's feet are bigger than a human's. You know what I mean? Like... There's got to be something lost in the sauce here, but that's what it said. Its paws are about the size of a dime. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Teeny. That's okay. Whatever. Um. So obviously this is all like, it all seems like, and is terrible. And we're like these idiots, whatever. That's also super scary for the locals. Like they're living their lives. This was scary anyway, that now there's a predator who's around. Right. And then like 600 strangers are in your town. Boy. Who, are like armed like crazy. That's terrifying. How safe do you feel? Absolutely. Looking so, for a target. Yes. That's all they want. Yeah. So they started making sure the locals that they were inside after dark, not only because of the animal itself, I'm sure, but because of all these wackos running around with guns yeah. and they didn't come out at night unless they absolutely have to. And there, William, I came across something I couldn't believe. This is a callback I never saw coming to something we very recently learned about. So there is a local named Ev Butler who said that this self-imposed curfew had a real effect on his family. Mm. Quote, we didn't live in the town limits at that time and almost everyone had an outdoor privy. To supplement the outside inconvenience, excuse me, to supplement the outside convenience, most houses had a thunder jug. No! A big jug that could be used at night and emptied into the privy during the day. That jug got plenty of use during the scare. Once again, thunder descends. How is this possible? The thunder rolls. I didn't see this in the forecast. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> wow. So a few episodes ago, Will came across some research where he learned about the thunder pot. The thunder pot. I have no idea why I was talking about whatever I was talking about. 
Me neither. It was a little community. I have no idea what episode this was, mm. but I. It was like a small religious community. Yes. What could this have been? Does anyone in the chat know? As we're recording live, I'll, I'll literally just call for help. But a thunder a jug, a thunder pot, and a thunder jug. I what is going on? Believe my good fortune. Episode two seventy seven. I was wondering. It's paranormal Vermont. Vermont. Thank you, yeah. Michelle. Um. Yeah. Thunder jug. Narrower opening. More fun for the family. Absolutely. <laughs> kind of gamifying the experience a bit. Can I make it? Can Let's I get it Timmy in? Let's see Timmy can hit the target. Yeah. <laughs> Thunder. <laughs> Thunder. Okay. Thunder jug. Ugh. Timmy, you didn't empty the thumber, thunder jug. It was your turn. Dad. I hate emptying the thunder jug. Awesome. Yes, my turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if this is going to keep happening. Maybe there are a bunch of different names for this. Maybe. Thunder Cup. Who knows? <sighs> Who knows what might come next? Thunder Bowl. Thunder, <laughs> thunder Spout. Thunder. <laughs> no, what would be uh, thunder a Thunder Bottle? Thunder Funnel. Thunder Funnel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so you can see the effect this had on the locals. Yeah, uh, they uh, had tremendous. To they had to resort to the thunder jug much more regularly than they would have normally done. God damn it, cat. I know. <laughs> so by January 13th, now this all started on December 29th, so it's been about two weeks now. The mayor of Bladenboro and the chief of police felt like the whole thing was getting out of hand. Now, this sucks what's about to happen. Uh, try to keep riding the high of the thunder jug. I'll try. All right. We'll remember happier times. Yeah. To encourage the hunters to go home and probably with the hope that this is all actually over for real, they hung an unusually large bobcat that was trapped by a local farmer from a flagpole in the center of town with a sign underneath it that said, this is the beast of Bladenboro. What the hell? I'm not super shocked. And, and, and a I know, giant I know that that's dead gnarly. animal in the center of town. I agree that that's gnarly, but honestly, this I is know. this is a little cuckoo. Mm -hmm. Everyone, go listen to our review of Halloween Ends. Yeah, where like the end of that movie. I don't know if I even want to spoil it here because yeah, it's still fairly yeah. recent. But there's a not dissimilar notion present in that story. Essentially, that's this this like grisly, grim unrecognizable for our modern society as something we would want to do. Right. Um, declaration of, hey, everybody, you're safe. It's over. Yeah, I know. There's also just something about it being an animal that seems extra. It seems, I know, it, it seems Whatever. vicious and cruel yeah. and, and, you know, horrific. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the, here's the other thing is that, like, it's it may be hard to confront, but there are undeniably... Places and times where you might have to take down a bobcat. I know. If you're I protecting know. the flock, if you're protecting your farm, whatever. But the, the hanging in the center of town is the real horrific thing. Like children would grow up seeing this. Yeah, I understand having to kill it or whatever. Society it, occasionally has to get pretty morbid yes. and terrifying. No, I find I, the part that I find the most like ugh, is just the hanging of it. In I, the know. I mean, I don't like any of it, but hanging out in town square, it's so like vulgar and oh, like yeah. awful I know. um so it took about a week but things did get back to normal and the killings and the attacks stopped so that may well have been the beast actually well that's weird <laughs> right it's pretty weird so 
was that the beast or did the beast retreat back to its swampy lair? Who knows? Or was this all a hoax? Maybe the maybe the beast saw all these hundreds of men and then was like, oh. turned to the camera and went, that's my cue to blow. <laughs> got out of town. Who's your daddy? Wow. See ya. <laughs> got right the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. So could this have been a hoax? Yeah. Maybe the whole thing wasn't even a thing. It was Ned sucking on those dogs. <laughs> Ned. Ned. <laughs> Not even. So some people say that there were, in fact, some dog attacks, but that a handful of residents embellished a story and told the media basically just for kicks. Ah. I can imagine if that were the case, them feeling like things have gotten way out of hand when all of a sudden a buttload of hunters showed up, hundreds of them, and them deciding to just stop reporting the attacks that weren't attacks in the first place and just letting it die down. Yep. But who knows? We don't know. That's just a theory. I mean, there were some attacks. That's true. So who knows? So it's the leprechaun of Mobile, Alabama? I don't know. It's hard to say. The beast might just be after you. Whoa! Next. Is it? Probably. Yes. So that's it. That's the Beast of Bladenboro. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yup. So that's going to do it, gang. Boom. Yeah. Boom, everybody. That's a couple of bees for you. And don't worry, we have plenty of more bees to work through. Ben and the Beast. Mm -hmm. They go down smooth. Hell yeah. So we hope you enjoyed that. Like we said, if you like the show, you want to help support us. And if you would like a ton more of it, probably more importantly, you can go to patreon.com slash gttupod and get a ton of stuff that you can't see otherwise or listen to otherwise. Absolutely. Yeah. It's exclusive content. Oh, yeah. Only for the most uh, supreme of backers. <laughs> Those with the most discerning of tastes. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but go check it out. And thank you all so much for hanging out with us. Thank you so much for your support. We greatly appreciate it. Yep. Um, just like every episode, you can watch a video version of this show on YouTube.com slash at GTTUPod. Mm -hmm. uh, in this particular episode, we did have some video stuff. So feel free to click through and, and dig through if that's your kind of thing. Yeah. Um, wherever you're watching or listening, please consider subscribing. And especially please consider spreading the word. We would love to see um, your thoughts and a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, that's, I mean, Patreon is amazing, but also doing stuff like that is super meaningful too. So don't think it has to be monetary if you would like to support us. We really, really appreciate everything. We very much appreciate all of your support. And mm -hmm. honestly, like I, I have to tell you, all of you, I have referenced the sort of like guide to the unknown community a mm -hmm. few times in the last few weeks being like, Man, I am so like thankful that we seem to have like cultivated a really good internal society <laughs> I for our stuff, which I think is is pretty rare and pretty fortunate. I know. Yeah. Knock on wood. No, uh -huh. I completely agree. So yes, thank you all for uh, enjoying the show. If you and being cool, enjoy it. and for being cool, yeah, we really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, all right, follow at GTTU Pod to keep up to date with everything that we're posting. Uh, you can even follow us individually. Yep, I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I'm at The Myth Traveler. So we'll see you next week, everybody, mm -hmm. for more spooky stories. But until yeah. that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld. Go. Wait. Hey. Hey. Donut. Donut. Hey. Hey. You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> 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 <laughs>